point, we'll take a quick revision of all the ahadith uh, from the Arba'in and Nawawiyah. You can go through the, the matin and see if there is any hadith you did not understand or any place that was not properly explained or any uh, comments that you might have on certain ahadith before we close the book and move on to, to a different book, inshallah ta'ala. Was it Reese, I think? Naam, Faldal, Naam. I read something that was linking la varara wa la virar to the qisma, uh, a principle from which an Islamic ruling is derived. Now, I couldn't connect the hadith to the same. What's the connection? La dharara wa la dhirar is one of the uh, strongest ahadith in uh, terms of fiqh or usul al-fiqh, the understanding of the principles of fiqh in Islam. Because uh, what determines whether something is going to be permissible or not permissible is the fact that the thing is harmful or not harmful to someone and uh, the result of undertaking such, such a task in fiqh. I want to connect it to the principle of al-darura to be al-mahdurat. When something becomes darura, then even something which is uh, forbidden might be, I mean, might be overlooked because of the darura. For example, a person in the Hajj who has a disease, maybe uh, in their head, the hair rather, and needs to cut his hair because of the uh, ailment they have, this will be based on al-darura to be al-mahdurat. The same with la darara wa la dhirar. Something might be something which is enjoined in the Sharia, but then if this thing is done, the dharar is going to come back to me. It's going to, to have an ill effect on me. Then it means the principle of sharia in that case has to change based on the hadith, la dharara wa la dharar, because I should not be harmed in practicing such a thing. The sharia did not burden us with something which we cannot carry. The sharia gave us uh, wajibat which we can manage. If we cannot manage something, then uh, uh, it becomes an exception in the Sharia. The explanation is, it's a complicated one, it's a difficult one. I don't think it can be explained quickly, but la dharara wa la dharar has to do with, is the harm coming to you after doing such a thing? If there is harm coming out of it, then it doesn't have to be, to be done, even if the Sharia has ordained it. None. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly what, what we're talking about. Uh, a person who wakes up in the state of Janaba and uh, he's supposed to make ghusl. The water is available, but then the water is cold. If, if he uses the cold water, there is some harm coming to him as a result of uh, using cold water. But then the Sharia says we're supposed to make ghusl if, if, we, if we want to, to pray when we are in the state of Janaba. 
So the Sharia is going to create a compromise in this situation where the person is going to make tayammam and then he prays. After the salah, when later he has some warm water to make ghusl, he's going to make the ghusl and repeat the salah. So we found a way around this, this uh, uh, law of, of ghusl using the principle of la dharara wa la dhirar because there is harm coming from, from cold water. Does it mean that the, the first salah was accepted or uh, as a result of... Uh, no, the first salah... The first salah, he has, he has to perform the salah because a Muslim is supposed to pray at that particular time. In case if he were to die before repeating the salah, he would be considered to have prayed Salatul Fajr. If he died before he gets the warm water, he would be considered to pray Salatul Fajr. But if he dies after obtaining the warm water and he decided not to take a bath in order to repeat the salah, then he would be considered to have skipped Salatul Fajr. You, you get the point? So it's acceptable before he gets the warm water. The moment he gets the warm water, that salah is now cancelled and has to be prayed again. It's like the case of, of tayammam, the actual tayammam. When you make tayammam and you're about to start, to start praying and then someone comes with, with a bucket of water. So the tayammam was acceptable in the first place, right? And then it becomes unacceptable because, because of the appearance of, of water. Now. So, in this hadith, we, we explained that each one has a faridah in the faraid. For example, a daughter, uh, a wife, a mother, we explained all those uh, faraid. Then, what remains after the people of faraid have taken what they're supposed to take? Then, the, the man, awla rajulin dhakar, is the one who takes the, the rest. For example, in this case, we have a son. It means everything else will now go to the son after the people of Faraid have taken their Faraid. And Awlawiyah goes like this. First is the, the son. All right? This is the Awlawiyah. If the son is not present, then the Awlawiyah shifts to the, the father of the deceased. All right? The first is the son. If the son is not available, then the awlawiyah is going to shift to the father of the deceased. If the father of the deceased is not available, the awlawiyah shifts to whom? The grandfather is the father of the deceased. The grandfather of the son is the father of the deceased. He's the jad in, uh, uh, in Fara'il. So I say the awlawiyah is the, 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 the ibn. Then, if the Ibn is not present, then the Awlawiyah shifts to the Jad. All right, that's the grandfather. So, if the Jad is not present, where does the Awlawiyah go? We assume the, uh, the uh, great-grandfather is dead. All right, the great-grandfather is not available. So, where does the Awlawiyah go? It goes to the uncle from the father, his father's brother. All right, if the father's brother... Is, is not available. And this, this father's brother has to be from the same mother and same father. If he is not available, then it shifts to uh, the father's brother from the same father and different mothers. If he is not available, then it shifts to the father's brother from the same mother and different fathers. 
If he's not available either, then it's just like that. That's what he means by awla rajulin dhakar. If the son is not available, then al-awlawiya shifts to someone else. If this one is not available, the awlawiya is going to shift just like that. He becomes the one that takes all the property that, that remains. So the first shift, actually, when the son is not available, the first shift is to the grandfather. So the people of Fara'id are going to get their Fara'id, then the son waits. Everything that remains is for the son. If the son is not available, everything that remains is for the jad. If the jad is not available, then it keeps going just, just like that. Some people are very, very far. Like the, the uncle from the, the mother's side, it will take a long, long time to, to, to get to him. Naam. Naam. Based uh, on the previous question concerning Salah, does that also apply to someone that doesn't have a Tohara? Say, for example, you, you urinated without using water, you're traveling, and you've noticed that your clothes are dirty, and you find yourself at a mosque. What do you do? No, in, the, in the case of a person whose clothes are not dirty, he, he has to change his clothes before he can perform the salah. The issue of janaba that I mentioned does, does not apply to, to, to the clothes. In other words, your question is, that does he pray with the dirty clothes and then go home and make ablution and repeat the salah? No. Exactly. No. He has to change his, his clothes and pray in clothes that, that are clean. It's a, it's a different issue altogether. And if he can't change? Sorry? And if he can't change, it's not a possibility. For example, he's traveling and he only had mm. what is he would pray. He would pray. Al-darura to be al-mahdurat. If he can't change, then there is, uh, there is no other alternative. You remember here we agreed that a person can pray naked if, if there are no clothes. All he has to do is sit down. Does he so, repeat the salah? The, the one who prayed naked? No. The one that didn't have clothes to change. Mm. If, if it's immediate, if it's immediate, yes. But if it happens such that there are many salahs that passed and it's, uh, it's many days later, then there is, there is no need. Naam. We see them, we're traveling people here in Tanzania. Uh, they say, because they, they, say they are traveling, they are not praying. Why? Because, because, of because no, because of their traveling, they say we are not praying up to we reach where we are going. No, no, no. They are supposed to pray. They should make pasal and and jump on the on the Again, way. I'm asking them. They say no. That is what we do. That's, that, that's that the importance of, of uh, uh, sitting down and learning. Subhanallah, and 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 Subhan